Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We are starting three weeks now on something that I'm really excited about. You know, we're on this year, sort of, of, of making disciples. We did the first month on personal devotion which is our first ingredient of what it is to be a disciple. We did our second month on connection, which is our second ingredient of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting the picture of this over these you know, few weeks and months that to be a disciple is not attending a service. It's a lifestyle. It's a faith. It's a relationship where certain things are active in our lives. Our personal devotion has got to be there. Not by uh, I must and it's a duty, but by passion and by being on fire for God. Our personal devotion is reading the word and prayer and worship. And then we had connections. So we connect to the body. We connect to the vine. We connect to the church. We connect to our friendships. We connect to our families. We connect, of course, to Jesus Christ, which is what personal devotion is all about. But I'm going to start three weeks on something which... Um, You know, there's so many things we could have put into our five ingredients of discipleship, but this has got to be absolutely central. And it's something that is going to deal with the character and the, and the, and the, um, the heart of God, really. So I want to begin three weeks on the subject of generosity. <laughs> Excitement overflows in the house. And today I particularly want to talk about the generous nature of God. The generous nature of God. I've got three weeks to get through stuff that I could fill six months with. Because God is so good. God is so generous. The character of God is generosity. When you come to God, you're only going to find a God of abundance. You're not going to find a stingy God who doesn't want to do something. You find a generous God. God is a good God. God is a loving God. God is a forgiving God. God is a giving God. God, listen to this, is the ultimate expression of generosity. Now, I'm going to need a whole lot more response than that this morning. I'm just going to need it. Can I just say, I'm in need this morning. I'm in need of some faith in the room. And until you say something, you don't believe it. So we're going to be saying a whole lot this morning. Amen. God is the ultimate expression of generosity. Yes, He is. God doesn't know what it is to give just enough. That is completely foreign to God. That is completely foreign to God. It's a bit like, you know, if you go to a shop, and you give, not that we have cash anymore, but let's say you're buying something for £7.90 and you give a £10 note, how much do you expect to get back? £2.10. That is not the nature of God. 
That is not the nature of God. God doesn't give you just, just enough back. He didn't do, no, there it is. There's the little bit. You give God a tenner. And I'm not talking about money this morning, but I'm just talking about the character of God. You go and get something from God, which costs you £7.90, and you give a tenner. He's going to keep laying it back because he's saying, no, I just I want to give you back what you gave me. And I'm going to keep putting it on and keep pouring it on. And you may have come for just a little bit of forgiveness, but I'm going to give you freedom. You may have come for a little bit of healing in your body, but I'm going to give you wholeness in your finances. You may have come for just a little bit of improvement in your marriage. I'm going to give you a new marriage, not a new person, a new marriage. God is so... I want to slap someone. You'll do. Man, it's just... Oh! It's just... Come on! God doesn't give you back just enough or just what you pray for or just a little bit. He comes in and says, your faith was there. I'm going to do far abundantly above all you can ask or imagine because I am a generous God. A generous, generous, generous God. He pours out. He overflows. He overwhelms. He floods out. He's the God of abundance. He's the God of far abundantly above all you can ask or imagine. He's simply the God of too much. Too much. In fact, it can, you know, you start hanging around God, it can start getting embarrassing. Because you just go, man, God, just can you calm it down a little bit? Can you calm it down? The world's going through it and I'm walking in joy. The world's going through mess and businesses are shutting down and we've had our best year. God, this is, this is starting to get embarrassing. God, can you turn down your generosity just a little bit? Because I'm about to explode here and God just wants to say, you ain't seen nothing yet because I'm going to do it and do it more and then do it again and then do far abundantly above that and then I'm, I've only just started. God is a good God. It's in His nature to be generous. Thank God I don't serve a stingy God. I don't serve a God that I've got to twist His arm to forgive me. I just need to come in humility and He pours on His forgiveness. God created an expanding universe. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I love to see sciencey things. They confuse me. People have tried to explain the theory of whatever it is, Einstein's relativity to me. And no matter how much they explain it, I can't get it, but I love it. It's like, wow. I must have the Elon Musk anointing to want to go to the moon or want to go to Mars. <laughs> I've been there in my dreams. God created an expanding universe. Why? I don't know. Just because he's abundant. Just because he's generous. I don't, we don't need Venus. Why do we need Venus? God just thought, I, wanna just, I just want to make another one. <laughs> we only need one universe, guys, and there's millions of them. 
with millions of stars. And if you ever seen, have you ever seen our, uh, you know, picture of our, our solar system? Have you ever seen it? There's a sun, which is a pretty big sun. Our sun, you look at it, you go blind. It's a pretty big sun. How far away is it? Somebody tell me. A long way. It's a long way. And we got all these, we had nine planets. God, how can you lose one? But anyway, it's eight now, isn't it? So eight, eight are going round. And you think that's massive. And here they are and they send something. It takes, they send a satellite. It takes three years to get somewhere. They take some photographs. That takes sort of ages to come back. And then the thing, then they've got to build another one. Because they want to see further. Then you zoom out a little bit. <laughs> and you see there's another universe there. And there's another one there. And there's another one there. And then you see that's just our galaxy. And then you go out a little bit more and you find out there's millions of galaxies. Hello? My mind starts to go... And then you see the size of the suns. You see our sun, which is a massive sun. And then you... Have you ever seen it on a page? You zoom out and you see this other sun. And there's our sun... Like the earth to the sun, is earth is a pinprick and the sun's like this. Then you see the sun as a pinprick and the next sun is like this. And then you see that sun as a pinprick and then you see the next sun like this. God is in an extravagant God. Extravagant. And the universe is still expanding. Why? Because nothing in God gets smaller. Nothing God does shrinks or stays the same. Everything in God gets bigger and greater and more and more and more. It's the nature of God. Why did he do it? Just to look good. Not for him to look good. He's not proud and arrogant. Just to look good. He, did, he could have made everything black and white. But he made it colour. Everything he created apart from the flood waters because he knew what he was going to do with those. But the flood, everything else he said, he saw it and it was good. It was good. The aesthetics, the vibe, colours, emotion, the sound of music. Not the film. The film's wonderful, I'm sure. But just the sound of music. The old ones are the best, eh? <laughs> what things look like, what they feel like, just to be beautiful. When he said to make the tabernacle rich colours, design, style, just to look good. God's a creative God. That's part of his nature to be generous. We need to get rid of this legalistic Drab, religious, boring, uncreative, killjoy picture of God. It is simply wrong. What religion will do, it will create uniformity. Uniformity. We all get hold of this whatever God idol belief system. What do they do? We all dress the same. We all cut our hair the same. We all wear the same colour. 
We all do the same thing. That proves to me that it's not God. Hello? Because when God touches something, creativity starts to flow. And religion wants to squash it down and God wants to blow it up. Creativity is in the very nature of Almighty God. And then God made man. (laughs) And he breathed life into the man. And he blessed the man and the man became what God was and is. He gave man the very nature that only God has. We don't have the nature of an angel. We have the nature of Almighty God. Now sin killed it. Sin killed it. Killed it off. Fear came in. Depression came in. Rejection came in. Oppression came in. Sickness and disease and poverty all came in when the nature was destroyed. And the plan of salvation was to give man a new birth, a new start. You see, when God gave his life into man, he blessed man. The word to bless means to give you what I've got. Empower you with what you haven't got that I've got. And he blessed his man, Adam. And he said, be fruitful. (laughs) First words Adam heard was fruitfulness. Be fruitful and multiply. The first words Adam heard were fruitfulness and multiplication and have dominion. Our God is a generous God. He didn't say, and he blessed him and said, never leave the garden. Be restricted. Be boring. Be poor. Be depressed. Be oppressed. Be intimidated. God never said any any of those things. Everything God said, He said from a place of abundance and from His nature of generosity. Listen to this. God's giving comes from God's nature. You don't have to convince God to be a giver. It's who He is. It's who he is. This is at the very heart of what I want to say today. God's generosity comes from who he is, not just what he does. Now, he does stuff because of who he is. See, generosity is who God is and therefore what God does. Let's get into this a little bit. God is love. God is love. He doesn't just have love. He is love. This is very ordinary teaching for us here in Citygate. We understand this. God is love. Cut God in half. He's made of love. That's that's who he is. And in him there is no fear. There is no darkness. There is no death. 
Oh, Pastor Jay, you're always talking about this because it's the most important thing. Who God is, is what it's all about. There is no fear in God. Get near to God, your fear will leave. Hang around God, there won't be darkness in your life. Oh God, I've got all these habits in my life. Well, get close to God, they'll die off. Get close to God. The darkness can't stay when the light of God is shining in your life. You don't have to try to give up sinning. Just get near the source of life. Walk with him. Keep in step with him. In him there is no fear, there is no darkness, there is no death. So let's look at the nature of God. 1 Corinthians 13. I couldn't go anywhere else, could I really? We could spend a couple of terms in theology and in getting hold of everything we're talking about in academy, which is vitally important. But this little passage here says it all. 1 Corinthians 13, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now we're going to take out the word love Because God is love. Love is not God, but God is love. And we're going to take out the word love and put in the word God. You've heard me do this many times. God suffers long and is kind. God does not envy anybody. God doesn't parade himself around. God's not puffed up and prideful. God does not behave rudely. He's a gentleman. God doesn't seek his own. He seeks the good of other people. God is not provoked. He's in control of himself. God thinks no evil. He thinks on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving of a good report. God does not rejoice in sin and iniquity. God rejoices in the truth of his word. God, he bears all things. God believes all things. God hopes all things. God endures all things. God never fails. And that deserves a praise break right there. God never fails. God never fails. So that's the very nature of God. Now, we need to just remind ourselves what is a disciple? What is a disciple? A disciple, well, as we've covered in this series, um, what, did, what did Christ say? He said, come and follow me. In a very simplistic form, discipleship is following Jesus. Following Jesus. What is discipleship? We talked about the fact it's being alive in the vine. Being a branch in the vine. Being connected to the life that flows through the vine into the branches. A disciple is someone who follows God and flows in the same life flow. It's someone who follows and embodies the teaching and the character of the one they are following. That, does that make sense? It's not just you believe in something. No, you're not a disciple just because you believe in something. You do what they do. You speak like they speak. You believe what they believe. You understand, you seek their teaching, and you seek to live it out in your life. That's what it is to be a disciple. 
when you come to Christ, the fallen man's nature is removed and you are born again and the divine nature of God is deposited in your heart. Wow. Christ in me, my hope of glory. You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and have come to the fullness of life, Colossians chapter 2. In exactly the same way as the man, the physical man, Jesus, was filled with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now he was the Son, second person of the Godhead. But in exactly the same way, you and I, when we come to Christ, are filled with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are not the Son, but we become a Son. Are you with me? What you and I were is removed and who He is is deposited on the inside. We get a brand new identity. We are born again. See, a whole lot of people going around trying to crucify the old man. I don't mean their dad. Just... (laughs) Ah, I just gotta, just gotta kill off, just gotta crucify the old man. No, the Bible says we have, past tense, crucified the old man. Let's just read something here from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. To those who have obtained like precious faith, the same sort of faith that Peter had with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Everybody say to me. Okay. In the knowledge, intimate knowledge of God and of our Lord. Jesus Christ, uh, of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power. Are there any believers in the house? Okay, because I'm about to read something which is just very radical. Very radical. Something that a lot of Christians want to go, but yeah, but. Yeah, but. You've got to be balanced, Pastor Jay. What they mean is you've got to be in unbelief because we don't quite believe what we're about to read. (laughs) As his divine power, the dunamis of God, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Can I say it like it's written? To live like God and be like God. Ha ha. Through our intimate knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be a partner, partaker. You have joint share, other other scriptures, co-heir, heir of God. You become a partner with Almighty God. But it's more than that here, that, that through these, through the promises of God, you may partake of the divine nature of Almighty God. Oh. Having escaped. 
escaped, past tense, has given, have received, we have, we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. When you come to Christ, you hook up with the very nature of God. And it's not that it's just like an add-on, like you carry a handbag. It's what we become. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ, the divine nature of God that's alive in me. What is that nature? Generous. (laughs) The nature of God is generosity. Because God is love and the nature of love is to give. God doesn't know how to do anything else. The very nature of God is generosity. That is the nature that we receive. So we've talked about the nature of God. Let's talk about the nature of the old and new man. Galatians 5, I say then walk in the spirit and your flesh will not be a problem. A lot of people trying to solve the problem of their flesh. It's really simple. Walk in the Spirit. Stop trying to deal with your flesh and walk in the Spirit. Stop trying to do, oh, I've got to work on my flesh. No, do not be mindful of the flesh. The mind on the flesh is death. You keep thinking about your flesh, it's what you're going to do. You're going to walk in your flesh. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit, for the mind controlled by the Spirit is wholeness and peace and life. Stop trying to deal with your flesh. Please don't try and crucify it. Please don't do that. That's not something you can do. It's something God does. And in fact, I'm going to make it even more exciting. It's not something God does. It's something God did. (laughs) For the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another. So you don't do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which is adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like. Aren't you glad you don't have to keep that as a list and say, I'm going to really try hard not to do that one. I'm going to really try hard not to do that one. No, we don't have to do that. You know what we need to do? It says, uh, which I tell you before, if you live in those, if you practice such things, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. But, everybody say but. But. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. And those who are Christ's, any Christ's, anybody belong to Christ here? Anybody else here today? Because some of you obviously don't know it. Anybody belong to Christ here today? Okay. Are you ready for some good news? And those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Generosity, this is deep. Generosity is more than a personality. 
It is the nature of God. See, some people just say, well, I'm just not generous. Just not who I am. Some people are really generous and other people are just stingy. No, Christians are generous because they have the nature of God, which is generosity. Hello? Dare I put it this way, you find a stingy Christian, you find someone who's really not a Christian or they're living in their flesh. Because when you walk in the Spirit, you're generous. Because generosity is the very nature of God because the very nature of God is love and love gives. See, flesh is selfish, but a born-again spirit is generous. Flesh thinks about me The spirit thinks about others. It's the very nature of God. We've already read the nature of God. God doesn't think about himself. He thinks about others. He doesn't parade himself. Look at me, look at me. He lifts other people up. He gets down on his knee and says, what can I do for you? He washes somebody else's feet. He's generous. He said, they all want to stone you, but I just, I'm just not, I'm going to restore you. He's a generous God. It's the very nature of God. Now, when I know what Jesus has done for me and who I am in Him, when I know what I've been forgiven of, when I know He has freely given me all things in Christ, when I know I have an inheritance and I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ, my only response is love and gratitude. Did you get that this morning? My only response is thank you, Jesus. And as a result of my gratitude, doesn't God's word say, he who is forgiven much, loves much, Can I put it another way? Now we know what love is. He who is forgiven much is generous. Generous. It's the very nature of God. It's the only response we can have is generosity. Our response to the free gift of salvation is the heart of generosity. The response of generosity. You see, we live in a day of entitlement, but the kingdom of God is about appreciation. Did you get that one? (laughs) See, discipleship has an element that we don't often want to talk about of um, discipline. That's why it's called discipleship. Same word. I'm committed to this lifestyle. I'm committed to being Christ-like. I'm not trying to get away with sin. I'm not trying to get away with selfishness and because it's just my personality. No, it's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. I don't want to get away with anything. I want to be Christ-like. I want to be like God. Now, 
We are all called to give. Just for your notes, I'm about three pages down from where you're currently stuck. I've done those two or three quotes already. We are all called to give. This is not just something for a select few people. This is not just something that's about a personality. Oh, you're just one of those givers. You're just one of those overflowy type people. Well, I'm more reserved and in control of my life. Well, that's fine. Be reserved and in control of your life, but don't let it affect your generosity. Amen. See, generosity is the very nature of God. Therefore, it is the very nature of the Christian. If I clearly say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who loved me and gave himself for me, even clarifies it there, that the Christ who lives in us is a giver. He's a giver. He's not a taker. Ah, but Pastor Jay, Job said, for the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And Job was wrong. Job was wrong. It's one of the things he was corrected for. He was going through it. He was going through stuff and he was blaming God. And he's afraid, well, I say blaming God. He kept a heart for God and he was worshipping God and he never turned his back on God, but he was believing the wrong stuff. See, people cry, oh, the Lord lives and the Lord takes away. That is not who our God is. He's not a taker, he's a giver. What he takes is sin. What he takes is sickness. What he takes is poverty. What he takes is depression. What he takes is sin. What he takes is unforgiveness. What he takes is the curse and death. What he takes is demonic oppression. What he takes is, is, is all of the stuff of death, hell and the grave. That's what our God takes. But what he gives is life. So, what does it mean to be generous as we close? What do we give? What does generosity look like in our lives? This is who we are. Perhaps your personality is squashing your generosity right now. Perhaps fear and worry is squashing your generosity right now. Perhaps selfishness is squashing your generosity right now. But can I say it's there? It's there. Because the very nature of God is there. I don't have to pray, oh God, I need to make me a generous person. I just need to walk in the Spirit. <laughs> what do we give? Very quickly, number one, we give our time. These are not in order of preference. We give our time. We give our time. We give into the kingdom of God, not just take from it. A lot of takers in the kingdom of God. A lot of takers. They come and take. They take on a Sunday morning, never put anything into it. Never give their time to it. They come late, think everything's for them and serve them and it's all about me, 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 me and then we go home again. Never given their time. Just turned up. Hello? I'm just saying. They don't give their time. Someone down the road's got a need. Oh no, I haven't got time for that. No, give up something and go and help them. Give up something and go and help them. Take time out of your own life your precious life. 
your self-absorbed life that says, I haven't got time, I haven't got time. Can I say, everybody's got time, just make it. Make it. Oh, Pastor Joe, that means I've got to give up something I want to do. Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that what Jesus did? He gave up the glories of heaven. He didn't want to do it. He sweat blood saying, I don't want to do this. But He gave His time on the cross. He gave His time when He wanted to be on His own and He'd heard about the beheading of His cousin, John the Baptist. And they turned around, there was a crowd there. He gave all day to the crowd. He didn't want to do that. But He gave His time. He gave His time. He gave His time. Oh, Pastor Jay, I haven't got any time. Well, deal with the thief. Deal with the thief that's stealing your time. Get it back under your control. Put the enemy under your feet. If you reach to the end of every day and you've not achieved what you wanted to achieve, there's a thief at work in your life. You've got to deal with him. Now, I'm sure there's other things to do with it. Perhaps you, you, you don't need to watch Netflix for six hours. Give your time. Don't let it be stolen and don't put your time into things of darkness. Put your time into the light of God's kingdom. What else do we give? We give our influence. We're all an influence. We influence with our words and with acts of generosity. Influence somebody. Give words of encouragement. Last thing that we want to hear in this generation is more criticism. More pointing the finger and we feel we're justified because we know what the news says. Oh, I wish, I just wish, I just wish we didn't know everything about everybody. Amen. Aren't you glad your private life is not on the headlines? Hello? Aren't you glad? Let's give words of encouragement. Let's give acts of encouragement. Let's influence people with words. Our words have the life and death in them. Influence with life. Give your influence. What's God made you to be? How do you influence your world? You may influence your world in school. You may influence your world in an office. You may influence your world as a musician. You may influence your world with children. You may influence your world with financial understanding. You may influence your world. Can I say, give your influence. It's your seed. It's who you are. It may be a job you get paid for, but don't just get paid for it. Give your influence. Give it. Give it. Give it. We say to all of our staff here, just because you're on staff, you still need to serve for nothing. You still, need to get, you still need to serve for nothing. Everybody who does something on a Sunday, they're not paid for it. They're not paid for it. They serve. There's a place to be paid for what you do, but there's a place to give what you do. Are you with me today? Give your influence. What else do we give? Give our money. We give our money. Tithes, offerings, general blessing. Look for opportunity to give. I am 
always looking. It's really hard now. You just don't have cash. But when I do have cash, it doesn't stay for very long because I find somewhere to give it. There's always places to give. You know, some years ago, I was thinking, I'm just not generous enough and I just want to do something and I believe God and I'd saved up and I believe God for a guitar effects unit. It's called a quadroverb. This is before the days of all this special stuff we had now, quadroverb. And it was like, wow, this thing had chorus effect and delay and, and it was just all brilliant and I got this quadroverb. And I'd had it about two weeks and I just felt, you know what, I'm just not generous enough. I need to do something. So I got in my car, I drove all the way down, hour and a quarter to another church, walked through the door and thought, who can I give this to? Looked on the platform, a couple of guitarists up there, and I thought, I'm going to give it to that one. End of the service, went and found him. I said, hey, I just want to give you this. So I said, do you need effects? He said, yeah, I'm really believing God for effects. Well, there you go, have them. Just look, there's always places to give. There's people on the street. There's people in the church. You see, what we've done is we've turned our giving, and it's right, tithes and offerings, absolutely right. But we've turned our giving into finances one way. When's the last time you bought something for somebody? When's the last time you bought something for somebody? Think, I'm going to buy that and give that. When's the last time you gave what was precious to you? See, this is what Jesus does. It's the very nature. I'm not being heavy here. I'm just saying, this is the nature of God. Pastor Jay, I haven't got enough. Well, perhaps you need to give up something. Hello? That you like to do. And make it possible for somebody else. Study one another to stir up love, generosity and good works in each other. What else do we give? We give our things. We give stuff away. I've already sort of gone there. Now, some people are called to be exceptional givers. I understand that. There is a gift of giving. But just like there's a gift of intercession, doesn't mean to say nobody else prays. You with me? It's just somebody that's their gift in the body. There are people here today and part of your gift is generosity. The Bible clearly says that. If your gift is giving, then be generous. But that doesn't let anybody else off the hook. We are all to be generous because we all have the nature of God. We are called to give and we are anointed to give. The Holy Spirit likes nothing more than to empower our generosity. Oh God, pour out your Spirit. If you act in love, He'll flood you. He'll flood you. Jesus had compassion and healed. Notice what came first. The compassion came first and the healing was a a foregone conclusion. Of course, there's going to be healings, miracles, signs and wonders because Jesus was in love. Acting in love. For Jesus was generous and healed. Love is generosity. Giving time, giving words, giving things, giving your faith, giving. It's giving. Love is, you know, in the old authorized version, they didn't have the word love. They had the word um, charity because the emphasis was on giving. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 as we close. Let each one of you give as he's made up in his, and he's purposed in his own heart. Give your time as you decide. 
Give your time, give your influence. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, takes pleasure in, prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Shall we stand to our feet this afternoon? God will anoint your encouragement to other people. He who waters others, he himself will be watered by the anointing. God will anoint as we give our time. He rewards us with getting more done. Favour and blessing floods our life. And we look back and think, wow, look what I've achieved. Look what God's done. He will anoint our giving finances with the abundance of God and more than enough. See, the anointing is where the joy is. For in His presence there is fullness of joy. I, I hesitate to say this, but I, it's, well, no, I don't. This is great. <laughs> the happiest Christians are generous Christians. You find me a fed up, miserable Christian, you, you put two and two together. Happiest Christians are generous Christians. It's the nature we have. We don't have a poverty nature. We have an abundant nature. Can I say it like this? God lives to give. We live to give. Shall we pray? I hope you got something out of that today. The generous nature of God is the nature that's been born again on the inside of us. And Father God, we embrace you today again as our all in all. Lord, we don't live in the flesh. We live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. No matter what's going on in our flesh, whether it's fear, worry, anxiety, sinfulness, stinginess, whatever's there, Lord just has no place in us and through us as we live our lives from the Spirit. So Father of God, again, we embrace your nature. You've given us all things for life and godliness. And we thank you, God, for the generous nature that we are. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's all declare this. I have the nature of God. I have all things for life and godliness. I have the nature of love. I have the nature of generosity. I live to give and display the character of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Now with every eye closed and every head bowed, I've said so much about who God is today. And at the very heart of it, God loves people. God loves you. He's died for you. He's died on the cross to give us life. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, now's your point. Now's your time. You're not here by accident with you're online today. Please give your heart to God. God is right there with you now. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Turn away from the way I've lived. I give you my life. Come on, receive Jesus as Lord today. And the work of the Holy Spirit will do something so powerful. He'll take out that old dead heart and he'll put in his abundant life. And so if you're here today in this room and you need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord, either for your very first time or you know what you're saying, I need to come back to God. 
We're seeing people coming back to God at the moment significantly. If you're here today, please don't wait this opportunity, waste this opportunity. I'm going to ask you with every eye closed and every head bowed to do one thing, very simply, very easily, and that is to raise your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Come on, give your life to Christ. Don't waste this opportunity. Online, why don't you join me? Give your life to Christ this morning. Is there anybody here today? Come on, one last time as I look across this auditorium. God loves you, my friend. He paid the price for you to give you life. You, you haven't deserved it. You didn't earn it. But God gave it as a free gift. Is there anybody here today? Last time as I look across this auditorium. Let's all pray this prayer, shall we? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your power and your grace, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate today.